morning. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me in the studio today is Emily Austin with Mississippi Blood Services, and that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about blood donation, why we should and need to be doing that right now, and kind of what's going on with this current shortage that we've got. If you've got a question or a comment, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 As always, you can send me an email, fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for joining me for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner and associate professor of preventive medicine at UMMC. Joining me in the studio today is Emily Austin with Mississippi Blood Services. And we're going to be talking about the current blood shortage that is going on, not just in Mississippi, but nationwide, and how you can help support those efforts and and why we all have to pull together to get this done. If you've got a question or a comment, you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 And my email is fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Thanks for coming out in this dreary, nasty weather to, to get here today. It just it seems colder than it was when I left the house this morning. I don't know what's going on. I really think it is. It is not a pleasant day outside. No, and my, my oldest son looked out the window today and he said, oh, it didn't snow. And I was like, no, baby, it's Mississippi. It did not snow. And he said, I mean, it's winter. If it's not going to snow, winter just needs to go on and move out and move on to the next season because this is not fun. And I pretty much agree with that sentiment there. All right. Let's talk about what is going on because I see it everywhere that there is a blood shortage that's going on. We had a couple of emergency blood drives at UMC last week, and that's when the idea to have you come in really hit me. I was laying on the on the cot getting my blood drawn, and I was like, you know what? We need to have somebody come in and talk about this because if you know if we're seeing it uh, in the metro area, then I know the need is there all across the state. So first of all, tell me kind of what you do at Mississippi Blood Services and what Mississippi Blood Services is. Okay, sure. I'm the marketing and communications manager there at Mississippi Blood Services, and that's just a fancy way of saying I'm over all the advertising, marketing materials, getting the word out about what our need is for the organization. Now, a little history on Mississippi Blood Services. We are the largest blood center and only blood center headquartered in Mississippi serving the patients of Mississippi. And what that means is that when you donate blood with Mississippi Blood Services, it is going directly to Mississippi patients. All right. Whereas if you if you use one of the other services, still great if that's the option that you have because you're sure. donating blood, but it may go to neighboring states or, or somewhere else along the way. So Correct. this is definitely going back into your fellow Mississippian that needs it. Yes. 
All right. So Mississippi Blood Services, I know I know where it is. Um, there's the big donation center in Flowood um, that I go to. Are there other locations of Mississippi Blood Services? There are. So our Tree Street, which is 115 Tree Street location, is our main center. We do have fixed sites both in Greenville and Oxford. Okay. Um, Oxford is open Monday through Friday, and Greenville is open Wednesday through Friday. And you can find the hours for those locations on our website. But we also have mobile drives throughout the state every day of the week. Um we need to collect about 250 to 300 units a day wow. just to reach the bare minimum need for our hospitals. And unfortunately, we just have not been seeing that um, at a continuous rate that we need to. Mm-hmm. And that has resulted in this or has been a large contributing factor to right. the shortage that we're in. Right. And we were talking before the show started and you were saying that, you know, kind of you usually see a little bit of a slump around summertime that right. you kind of have a little bit of a shortage. Um, and you saw that this year, but it's just kind of snowballed and become a much bigger problem than usual. It really has. What a lot of people don't realize is that the majority of our blood does come from high schools. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people don't. And that's because if you think about it, we can park a coach at one of our larger high schools for a couple of days and collect anywhere from 100 to sometimes 300 units of blood from those locations. So that's phenomenal. Kids get extra credit points or honor cords, that sort of thing. So they have, the kids have a vested interest in donating. Um, So during the summer months, obviously we're not in the high schools and we have to rely more on community drives where we'll park a coach at a grocery store or a Walmart and encourage donors to come to those locations. Mm -hmm. And we pick those spots because they're well-known in the community. Right. Um, So when the summer hit, we were kind of trending towards a shortage. We had our typical summer shortage, mm-hmm. um, and we just weren't able to play catch up. So although we were back in the schools in the fall, we just weren't drawing quite the units that we needed to between community and high schools together. And then the holidays hit, and we're out of the high schools, and again, mm-hmm. relying on those community drives. Um, the weather has not been our friend. When yeah. it rains in buckets, you don't want people out on the road risking mm-hmm. um, a potential accident, especially when the blood's not on the shelves. Right. So typically what we would do is reach out to one of our partners through Blood Centers of America and say, hey, we are short on product. Can you send us some? There's a nationwide blood shortage. So everybody has the same message. Can you please help us? So that's why we have recently put out the appeals through the media um, to reach more potential donors and bring to light just how scary it is. Um, At one point, we only had 500 units on the shelf. Wow. For the state. Of, of, you know, not even specific type, right? Just 500 in general. Right. Which, you know, there are different blood types that are out there. And, you know, some of them we call universal donor, some we call universal recipient. But by and large, you know, if somebody comes in the ER with a trauma or something like that, we may not know immediately what their blood type is. And so we kind of have to err on the side of caution and use that O negative type of of blood. And I'm sure that's one of the ones that y'all run run the lowest on out there yes we are um the o negative shelf is very very wanting right now Mm -hmm. um matter of fact this morning we have a meeting every morning where we talk about production and this morning we were short um o negative o positive and b negative okay all right well i am none of those but (laughs) (laughs) but i still rolled up my sleeve last week during the uh, emergency blood drive um to get that done and i'll tell you why i donate um in just a minute but we do have a caller um that i would love to get with uh, today, uh, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Evelyn. Hello. I have a couple. I have actually three questions. All right. Well, lay them on me. First, can diabetics types one and types two donate blood? Okay. Do you want to you want to give them all to me at once, or you want one at a time? I'll give them all to you at once. All right. Second, 
I was in Europe during Mad Cow for mm. several months. So does that mean I may not donate blood? And third, uh, my father got hepatitis B after a blood transfusion. Uh, and doctors at Mayo told my parents that blood supply in Mississippi is not as, I don't know what the correct word is, not as screened, well, screened maybe? as uh, in other places and that they indeed do not accept blood from Mississippi. All right. Well, let's start with the first one. All right, so let's start with diabetes. Type 1, type 2 diabetics, are they eligible to donate? Yes. As long as it is well controlled, the insulin is not a bovine derivative insulin, which that's very rare yeah, these days. Those are older type insulins and yes. most folks are not using anymore. Yes. So as long as it's well maintained and you've been cleared by your doctor, you are more than welcome to donate. Yeah. You know, I would again, um, which we haven't really talked about, but eating a, a, a good meal before you go in to donate is never a bad idea, um, regardless of whether you have diabetes or not. And then make sure that, you know, if the snack option that is there, you know, I know a lot of folks may shy away from that if they have diabetes because they do tend to be kind of sugary heavy sure. for a reason. Yes. Um, but, you know, bring your own snack if you don't want to eat that. But make sure that you have that snack on board after um, you finish donating as well. All right. Europe during Mad Cow. Yes. Um, there's a certain time frame and a certain duration that you are over there. Um, that will disqualify you. Mm -hmm. And for a more specific answer to that, I would... Um, call the center and speak with one right. of the technicians right. there. Yeah, because it's it's very specific where you were, what uh, time period you were there, and then for how long you were over there as well. Um, so any of the centers um, should be able to answer that question for your individual specific case. But that could definitely um, make you not eligible depending on how long you were over there and that kind of stuff. So definitely check on that. And then as far as the screening process for blood in Mississippi, talk to me about that. We have the cleanest, healthiest blood supply that you could ask for. We are governed by several organizations. Um, the largest, of course, is the FDA, mm -hmm. um, and that's why we ask so many questions prior to your donation. And then after you have completed your donation, a sample is sent off for testing, and it takes about 24, 48 hours for those tests to come back. But we have the healthiest blood supply possible. Yeah, and, you know, it may all depend on how long ago that blood transfusion right. occurred um, because screening practices have improved as the years have gone on, as as medical science advances. So I hope that helped you out a little bit, Evelyn. If it didn't, or if you need more information, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And what's the website address for Mississippi Blood Services? It is www.msblood.com. msblood.com. Doesn't get much easier than that. All right. So um, those were some really good questions. And some of the things that um, I do want to talk about is that kind of list of questions that, that you get asked when you go to donate blood because they're, um, they're important. But before we get to that list, because it is a rather lengthy list, um, you know, I wanted to share why I donate. So I'm sure if folks um, that knew me growing up uh, hear that I donate blood, they would be quite surprised because I am, uh, I was not a nice uh, person for nurses to draw blood on as a child <laughs> or to get um, immunizations or any of those types of things. There are multiple nurses who I probably need to send a fruit basket and a uh, I'm sorry card to because I know I kicked them or bit them or all those types of things growing up. And, you know, as a pediatric nurse, I feel like I've gotten some of that payback too. Um, but I was, you know, I'm just not a needle fan, which I don't think a whole a lot of folks are you know most folks when I go to draw blood for them they say you know I hate needles and I said well nobody ever tells me they love them but 
I mean, I was a, a, a die hard only get it if I can't go to college type of, of situation. <laughs> like, like I had to get this done to get married. I had to get this done to go to college. And that's all I was getting done. Um, but and so I did not donate blood for a very long time. Um, after I had children is when that changed, um, because when you look at your kid, you know, um, you see the best of you there and you want to do everything you can to protect them. And uh, there are some things that are out of your control. You know, you cannot control um, when an accident happens or when cancer occurs or, you know, any of the other um, type of blood diseases that can happen, um, especially in the pediatric population. They just seem to be there more often than not. And you would do absolutely anything to fix it for your child. And, um, so I donate for all the other kids, all the other parents that are out there staring in the face of their children um, that may have cancer, that may have had, a, you know, an accident or something happen and that are desperate for a blood donation. And I hope that there are people out there who would be willing to donate if my child needed it. So my momentary discomfort because it really does. I mean, the worst part is the little finger poke um, at the beginning. And then initially the little insertion of the needle. I recommend not looking at it because it's not a real small needle. Um, but I mean, it lasts, you know, 30 seconds and that's over with. Then, you know, just put your earbuds in and cut on some music and just have a little have a little me time. You know, and you got 15, 20 minutes of just chilling uh, and, and doing something good um, for other folks. So that's why I donate. I would love to hear any of your stories about why you donate when we come back from the break and we'll also start going through some of those things about um, what qualifies you or might disqualify you from being a blood donor our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four we'll be back after the break This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC, and joining me in the studio today is Emily Austin with Mississippi Blood Services, and we've been talking about the current blood shortage that is going on in Mississippi and nationwide, and the efforts that are out in the community to help uh, help us catch up with that. Uh, I shared my story on why I donate before the break. I'd love to hear your stories about why you choose to donate. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 You can always send me an email as well. That address is fit at mpbonline.org. 
Also, the website for Mississippi Blood Services is www.msblood.com if you need more information about any of the things that we have talked about so far um, or you just didn't get to jot it down. Um, It's a wealth of information there at that website. All right, we've got a couple callers on the line, so let's go um, to Beaumont and talk with Sue. Good morning, Miss Sue. Good morning. Um, I wanted to ask a question. Sure. A couple of years or so ago, I was watching something on television about uh, the transmission of cancers through uh, blood infusions, and I can't remember exactly what kind of cancers it was. Mm -hmm. I wish I could, but... There was some kind of cancer that could be transmitted through a blood transfusion. Like you get the cells in your body and a person might have some kind of cancer and they didn't realize it when they donated your blood. Have you ever heard of that? I have not heard of that, Miss Sue, and Emily is shaking her head as well. Um, you know, uh, blood, uh, red blood cells have a very limited uh, lifespan inside of you. So um, red blood cells usually live about 90 days. It's about three months. And then they're replaced um, by your bone marrow. It generates new things. And so uh, for cancer to kind of take root and be sustainable, it would have to be that the bone marrow then began producing cancer-producing cells, um, which is just very unlikely to occur um, from a uh, foreign donation into the body. Those cells would just go ahead and and uh, die off uh, and not not lead to that. So I've not heard anything about that. Of course, um, anytime y'all bring up something that I might not have heard of, of course, I will scour the uh, internet and journals to see if any of that um, comes up, and I'll be happy to share that uh, information back with you if I find anything. And I want to ask you a quick, another question. Yeah. Uh, do, do y'all use a whole blood, do- I mean, when, when a person gets a blood donation, now, do they get whole blood or do y'all just use serum from the blood or what? Well, there's different kinds of blood donations. So sometimes when people go in to donate, they choose to do a whole blood donation. Now, that whole blood donation is then usually split into different components um, because most patients, when they um, need a transfusion, need specific components of that, like a a packed red blood cell um, transfusion, which is uh, one of the more common ones that you'll see. Um, Some folks need the platelet component of that, um, which would help with clotting issues. And then some folks need the plasma component of that, which will help with volume expansion and and fluid volume status. Um, But to my knowledge, I don't think anybody takes regular whole blood and transfuses it as whole blood. Right, Emily? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. You're welcome, Miss Sue. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's move on to Tennessee and uh, talk with Emmett this morning. Hello, Emmett. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm fine. I am contaminated. I have poor antibody to hepatitis Okay. Found by Mississippi Blood Services when the test became available. Mm. In other words, I am just dating myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, and we give blood at this point. I used to give blood every 56 days, as did my late son. And uh, uh, I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Emily's shaking her head. So I think that means that's a no on that one. Right, Emily? Yes. Once you've tested positive for hepatitis C, you cannot donate. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I know. But thank you for your, you know, for your giving spirit. But we're going to talk a little bit um, and a little bit about um, what you can do if you can't donate to kind of help support the efforts of Mississippi Blood Services. That, that was hepatitis B as in mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, uh, it would be B or C or, I guess, A even. If you tested positive for any of, of um, the viral hepatitises, it would disqualify you. 
you do not use the blood for research or anything is no good, huh? No, the blood that we collect is solely for um, human transfusion. Okay. All righty. All right. Thank you so much, Emmett. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And let's uh, stay in. uh, Oh, never mind. Let's talk about. it is a Monday. I'm ready for this. Let's go back to Tennessee. Uh, and is your name Giza? Yes. Hi. How are you? Thank you. I am okay. Okay. I'm what can fine. we help you with today? Yeah, I would like to know if a Tennessee resident can donate blood. At a Mississippi facility or a Tennessee facility? In, in the Tennessee. In Tennessee? In Tennessee. You should yeah. be able to. You absolutely should be able to. Can they? They should be able to go to a um, what's American and, Blood Centers. Uh, this is a plasma donation, or this is a whole blood donation. Sure, you should be able to find a blood center there in Tennessee. I'm not 100 percent sure who covers that area, um, but you should be able to do a quick online check I, and find a donation I, center there. I'm thinking about Horn Lake and Horn Lake. Uh, South Haven. Sure, and we do have we do have uh, Mississippi Blood Services does hold drives in the Horn Lake South Haven area. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find a listing of our most current drives on our website or our mobile app. Yeah, and um, I, I Oxford have, wouldn't be that far away either. You have to tell me what is the uh, address and what is the age limit. There is no age limit. However, you have to be 17 years old or 16-year-old with parental consent to donate. Right. So um, 16 and above um, should be able to donate there. If you go to um, msblood.com, you should be able to find um, the number for the Oxford Center, um, which will probably be the one closest to you, um, and they can let you know about anything that's upcoming in your area that you'd be able to do a mobile um, donation for or come into the Oxford Center and donate. No, Oxford. This is too far from me. I I live in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So, are you interested about Horn Lake or South Haven. Well, there's not any centers in Horn Lake or South Haven. So that's why I would call the Oxford Center to see if they're going to be doing any mobile drives, which would be them taking their bus out um, that might, they might be going to Horn Lake or South Haven to do. All right. So I hope that helped. If not, always send me an email, fit at mpbonline.org, and I'll be happy to try and get you some more information there. And thank you for your call this morning. All right, um, real quick, let's start talking about some of these things that disqualify us um, from donating, because we've gotten several calls about that, and kind of the long list of questions that you get asked when you when you go in, and some of them are rather um, um, personal. Uh, they, they do get a little personal in there. Um, you mentioned age, right? So there's no mm-hmm. upper limit um, on age, uh, and then 17 is kind of the... You're good to go 16 if you have parental consent, right? Is there a form that they have to fill out for that? There is, and it's available on our website. So they could go Mm -hmm. ahead and that would speed things up, I would imagine, when you come to donate, if you go ahead and print that form out, sign it, and bring it with you. Um, Because especially these mobile um, donations can get a little backed up, you know. Uh, So you've got to be patient when you you go because – just like a lot of our callers have been asking about the safety of the blood, you want to make sure that the that um, it's getting screened appropriately, and these questions are part of it. Um, so I know some of the questions um, 
that uh, I have seen flag some folks out is if they're currently ill, right? Like if you've got um, a sinus infection or something like that, you're taking antibiotics for that usually kind of mm-hmm. disqualifies you, right? Yes. And the main thing is when you go to donate, you don't think about it. When you don't feel well, that's really a big red flag. You need to take care of yourself right. before you try to help others. So you want to make sure you don't have a cold, sinus infection, anything going on, that, especially that require you to take antibiotics because um, you need to be off of those for seven days seven before days. you donate. Okay. Um, but yeah, just being healthy and well, not taking any any antibiotics. Yeah. That sort and of so, thing. you know, that, I mean, there, there were several folks who came through the mobile um, event that I was at last week and waited in that line and then got up there and they, you know, couldn't donate because of Mm -hmm. these things so you know if you have absolutely any question at all about whether you qualify call your local center so that they can check for you on that but that's a good tip about it antibiotics you need to be off of those for um, seven days before you donate so just because you got disqualified maybe at one thing if it was for something simple like that Mm -hmm. just just wait a week and if you're feeling better go back and try again on that type of thing Um, Tattoos is another one that I usually get a lot of questions about. They say, well, I have a tattoo. Can I donate um, blood? Can you? Absolutely. As long as your tattoo is done in a licensed facility, the wait time now is only seven days. Which is great because it used to be longer than that. It used to be about Um, six months, I believe, but they have shortened that. Because the the first time, because I have a couple of tattoos, the first time um, I was scared when I went, I was like, oh, I hope I I can do it. And they were like, well, has it been six months? And it had, luckily. But now the next time I went to donate, I noticed that that – time frame had had decreased significantly so that's a great thing um and that's just a good tip for getting a tattoo in general it should be done at a licensed absolutely so that that the health department has made sure that everything is super clean and sanitary for you in that particular area um what about piercings same deal there. Same thing with piercings, yes. So um, mm-hmm. seven-day wait time on yes. that in a licensed facility. So yes. you did not let your mamaw um, pierce your ear with an ice cube and a needle right. in the kitchen, right? right? Which sounds like a terrible idea all the way around. All right. We're going to get back to those questions. We're going to go ahead and take a break right now. If you have a question or a comment about blood donation, please give us a call. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Health. 
Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me in the studio today is Emily Austin with Mississippi Blood Services. We've had a lot of great callers this morning asking about uh, blood donation, and that excites me because that means there are people who are considering going and uh, donating blood, and it is never more needed than it is currently. If you've got a question or a comment, uh, our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email me always at fit at mpbonline.org. And also go visit the Mississippi Blood um, Services website. That's msblood.com. They've got a lot of information uh, available there. And they usually kind of push out their most urgent needs there as well, if there's a particular need for a certain type or just to see their kind of their status on what they're running low on on that website. So um, we've been talking about what dis- might disqualify you momentarily from being able to donate. We talked about if you're on antibiotics, you got to wait seven days. Um, tattoos and piercings, um, that's seven days as well, which is a much shorter time than it used to be, as long as that has been done in a uh, licensed facility. And um, some of the other things that might uh, disqualify you on a more um, permanent basis, I would say, you know, we've had a couple callers who have said they've tested positive for hepatitis before. Of course, that's going to disqualify you. Um, Travel to Europe um, is a definite set of questions that they ask, but it's usually more than just a quick trip to Europe, right? Because I had just gotten back from Europe, but I was only there for a short amount of time. And they ask you that, you know, when, when you went. So have your travel dates um, with you, because they'll ask, you know, when you left, when you came back, and what countries you went to. But it's usually a more extended stay over there would disqualify you, correct? Yes, I believe it's several months, but mm-hmm. um, it's always best to, to bring that information with you and right. let the technicians there screen that right, out. because they put it in the system, and it'll mm-hmm. flag if there's anything kind of hinky about that. Um, and then are there other medications that might disqualify you from being able to donate? There are. Um, it's actually usually an odd combination that'll do it. Mm-hmm. The one that we get a lot of questions on is blood thinners. Right. And of course, it's not safe for the donor to donate if they're on blood thinners. Right, right. Um, even an aspirin. So if you're one to take an aspirin, we ask that you stop taking that 72 hours before you donate. Okay. And um, also, I would imagine, um, so you said aspirin, Plavix, which would fall into that blood thinner type category, Coumadin, which would fall into an anticoagulant thinning of the blood type situation. Um, and then uh, it may, even Motrin or Advil, ibuprofen type things, depending on how much you take in the last time you took it. Right. That's one thing you would want to know about mm-hmm. as, as well on that. All right, we've got a couple callers on the line. So let's go to Corinth and talk with Barbara. Good morning. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. What can we do for you today? Well, my question is, I have uh, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, mm-hmm. and I have been told that I cannot donate blood. I just thought I'd ask that question mm-hmm. to make sure. Yeah, I'm, I believe I'm, that to uh, be correct. I'm Barbara, Barbara from Corinth, Mississippi. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. A current um, person who has a, a cancer would not be the ideal donor at that present time, right? Correct. Emily. Mm-hmm. So it would, it would not be a go for you, Miss Barbara. Okay. All right. Uh, just checking to make sure because I had given before. Before. Out and yep. and uh, just wanted to make sure. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to Angie, and she is on the road today. Be safe driving and talking, Angie. Hey. Hey. 
What can we help you with today? Um, oh, I was on hold for the... Yes, ma'am. You're exactly. on. The, you are on the air with me. What can I do for oh, you? Oh, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, I, I um, have NASH, which is a okay. form of not uh, fatty liver disease. Correct. And um, you know, back when I was diagnosed years and years ago, it was basically anything with a liver issue uh, meant you were disqualified mm-hmm. from getting blood. Mm-hmm. And um, but I was wondering uh, if that were still true, and also if that uh, also disqualified you from giving uh, or donating bone marrow. Okay. Um, While I can't speak to the bone marrow, there's actually a new question for me about blood donating. Um, If you would like to email me your information, I can get um, someone from the center to get back in touch with you for the official answer to your question. Yeah. Because that that one's one I haven't heard come up either. Mm -hmm. I would imagine it's because of the elevation in the liver enzymes and there was a concern about why those were elevated and could it be a hepatitis type situation, Mm -hmm. which is also a liver issue, which of course it's not. Um, And I'm sure that blood, you know, it would then be screened the same as anybody else for... um, uh, for the presence of, of hepatitis uh, antibodies there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not on the list of questions, so that leads me to believe that it, it would probably be okay. But absolutely send that question in. You can um, – is there a place on MississippiBloodServices.com to submit a question? There is. You okay. can um, reach us via the contact feature of the website, and we'd be happy to research that for you. Or you can send okay. us a message via our Facebook page. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. All right, and let's go to our uh, last caller that we've got on the line right now. This is Kay in Memphis. Hello, Kay. Yes, ma'am. How are you today? I'm fine. I have a question that I don't know that's relevant for me at this point in life, but um, back in 1941, when I was in the hospital with Pearl Harbor, I had three blood transfusions, and we knew that two of them had had malaria but for some reason, the hospital lab did not check for that. So I had malaria in the hospital, and then I, I stayed in the hospital uh, 111 days. I got out. Wow. Went in November, got out in March. Mm-hmm. and could not sit up in bed at that point. I, I, my feet had never been on the floor. But anyway, I, they, they, for a long time, they didn't think I was going to live. But we knew that two of the three donors had had malaria, but mm-hmm. they had seemed to, you know, overlook it and I developed malaria and it took them a while to figure out uh, you know do lab tests and find out that I had malaria because I was having all the symptoms you know Mm -hmm. anyway so and I've been told that I would never under any circumstance be able to donate blood even if it were an emergency is that Mm -hmm. true? Yes, ma'am. I do believe that is true. There's several um, infections that are listed on um, the website and on the screening form that if you've ever had, um, you would not be eligible to donate. And malaria is on that list, as, as well as brucellosis, I believe, and uh, another one that is a little difficult to pronounce. So everybody kind of messes it up when they say, say it. Um, but that one would kind of keep you from donating. I had a relapse after I got home, but we knew we knew what it was then, and we knew the medication I'd been on. So my dad just went to our little town doctor and got the prescription. And I got over it. But uh, well, I'm glad uh, to hear that. But I was after during Pearl Harbor, and I'm I'm up in years now. You know, you yes, can see ma'am. That one. <laughs> it's 1941, and I'm still, as they say, around here. 
Mama Jordan, you may be getting old, but you still know how to kick ass. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. You need to get that on T-shirt. I, <laughs> I've lived here 42 years, so I, I'm a fixture in the neighborhood. So yes, anyway, ma'am. Th- thanks a lot. I appreciate the help. Thank you. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, some of the, uh, the typical experience you would have. And our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. In the studio with me today is Emily Austin with Mississippi Blood Services. We've been uh, answering your questions, and we've had lots of great questions about um, blood donation and the current uh, shortage that's going on and really the need for folks to get out and donate. If you've got a question or a comment, now is the time to get those in for us. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 All right, we've talked about things that might disqualify you. And if there's ever uh, a doubt, just always give Mississippi Blood Services a call and they can uh, check uh, if it's, especially if it's something really individual, um, to check and make sure that you would be eligible right now. And if not right now, maybe you'd be able to in a couple of days or weeks from that. Um, so one thing that I want to talk about is the different types of donations that there are available. Well, we typically think about blood donation as a whole blood um, donation, and that's certainly an option. We mentioned that those get split into different um, components. Um, so actually one whole blood unit can actually save how many folks, Emily? Can save up to three lives. Save up to three lives. So you may see that hashtag going around social media, um, give one, save three, um, because that's really what can happen with the power of a whole blood uh, donation there. Um, But there's others that you can donate as well. What are some other types of donation that can be done? Sure. So like you said, most people, when they come in, they think they're going to come in and donate whole blood. Um, After visiting with you and going through your questions, um, we might ask you to donate a double red, which is just what it sounds like two two units units of red cells um or we might ask you to do platelets so each one of those has a different time component attached to it typically when you donate whole blood from the time you walk in to the time you're in the canteen with your juice and cookies is about an hour um a portion of that of course goes to the questions and little mini physical that you get and your actual time on the needle is anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes just depending on 
what your blood flow right. is. Right. Um, and a way to, to help you out there is make sure you are really, really, really good and hydrated. Right. Drink more. plenty of water. Yes. And donating blood is dehydrating. So that's right. why we encourage you to drink afterwards. Um, so that's whole blood. Then double reds takes about an hour of actual donating yeah. time. Um, and then platelets takes about two hours to yeah. donate. And that's because we use a really cool machine. That to put it in super simple terms, we take your blood out, take the platelets out, and give you everything back as well as some um, fluid. Yeah, um, and it's just it's a really neat process to watch. I had never been involved with mm-hmm. that until I started working at the center, mm-hmm. and I'm a technology nerd, and I just think that that machine is really neat. Yeah. And, and double reds, um, there's something kind of similar to it as well. Right. You do get some fluid back um, with your double red donation as well, so that you're not quite so dehydrated when you right. when you leave from that, um, but you know, you want to make sure probably that you don't have any uh, super strenuous activities that are going to be coming up in the next couple of days. You know, you're not going to want to run a marathon the next day after you donate something like double reds um, because it, it is taking out a good portion of your red blood cells, which is what gives you energy and carries oxygen around. Um, but you'll, I mean, it's, it's, I've done it once. Uh, it does take a little bit longer. But uh, there's no additional discomfort associated with that. You know, some folks think it might hurt more for that. It doesn't. It just takes a little bit longer um, in the chair. I've not done platelets uh, yet, but I have seen folks doing those, and they look mighty comfy in those chairs. They have a nice fuzzy blanket and a movie on the little TV in front of you and um, headphones. So they look pretty snugly over there going on with that. We try to make the process as easy and comfortable as possible. Um, We... We look at it as you're kind of taking a little bit of you time while you're helping those right. in need. You kick back, watch a movie. We're going to, like you said, get you all nice and snuggly under a blanket. And then when you're done, we give you cookies. Yeah, I mean, so, who doesn't like that? You get absolutely. to sit a while and they have some cookies when you're done, you know. Um, I mentioned eating a good meal beforehand, and they usually tell you that when they call to schedule your appointment to make sure you eat a good meal. You know, I just make sure that that's got some kind of carbohydrate in it, some kind of protein in it. Um, so, you know, a good bowl of cereal um, with some milk on it would be a good option. You know, toast and some scrambled eggs, something like that. A nice, good little meal. And then make sure you're drinking water all along the way and water or, you know, Gatorade, something like that at the end um, or something that's got a little bit of sugar in it to kind of perk you up after you get done with that. Um, some of the other things they tell you when you leave is, you know, no heavy lifting um, for a certain amount of time, right? Yes. Leave your bandage on that they put on for about two hours and that's going to make sure that, you know, that that's all good and stable in there. Um, no heavy lifting with that arm, no strenuous activity for 12 hours and make sure, um, like we've said before, you you eat a good meal that night. So it's good to eat, important to eat a good meal before and after and to drink plenty of fluids, i.e. water, um, Gatorade, that sort of thing after. Okay. Um, and we've actually had a couple questions who came, that have come in as well. And one is about the frequency of, of blood donation. Like how how soon after you've donated are you eligible to donate again? And is it is it safe to do so? Absolutely. Right? Um, you can donate whole blood every 56 days. Um, so about four times a year you can donate. And a little interesting fact is that if everyone who is eligible to donate did, we would not be in a blood shortage. You not have blood shortage. Yes. Yeah. Um, so platelets, it's a little bit of a shorter time in between there. Um, you can donate platelets, I believe it's every 14 days. Mm-hmm. 
So um, you can donate platelets more frequently, obviously. Right. Um, both components are very, very important to our patients. Yeah. And some folks, it depends on their blood type, which one is um, your better candidate for, like you, you'd be a better donor for. Like they always tell me when I go in, we really got to get you in the chair for some platelets because your type is really, we really need platelets in, in your particular type. Um, and so, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to carve out two hours of time to go and do that, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, but, you know, just... Um, 56 days for whole blood, you know, about two weeks on your platelets. And then is it safe to donate frequently? And, you know, like you said, you get a little mini exam when you go in. You know, they take your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. They take your heart rate. If any of those things were wonky, um, then you, that would kind of disqualify you that day um, right. from being able to do that. They also do that finger prick, right? And so the finger prick is to test what? Your iron. Um, we have to make sure your iron levels hit certain benchmarks, um, and that's for your safety. Um, we're also going to check your cholesterol. So 24, 48 hours after you mm-hmm. donate, we can let you know what your cholesterol is. I did not know that. Yes, you can um, oh. You can actually create a donor portal. And that link is done via our website. And it can sh- it will show all of your stats from your past donations. So you can kind of keep a running running look at your heart rate, your blood oh, pressure, your cholesterol, there. all that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, you know, tips for when you go in to um donate you know that are going to maximize your chances of not having an abnormal blood pressure or heart rate don't load up on a bunch of caffeine before you go one caffeine dehydrates you so it's not helping anything it also kind of hops your heart rate up a little bit and the very first time i ever tried to donate my heart rate was too high i was also incredibly out of shape and that was why my heart rate was so high but um you know i was super disappointed because i'd worked my courage up to go (laughs) go sit down there and then my dang heart rate was too high so you know you want to give yourself the best uh best chance of being able to donate uh, when you get there. All right, so that was one question that had come in. Um, And then one other that we have, this is a question about whether they would be able to donate or not. They said they're 10 years clean from recreational drug use. Would they be um, eligible as a donor? I want to say yes, but that's a question um, we need to dive in a little bit deeper on. Right. And, you know, of course, blood is going to get screened very rigorously. Um, And I want to say I'm I'm with you there. I think that that would be okay. But again, that would probably be a question best answered by the individual center. So again, msblood.com and the little contact box, you could submit that question there or on their Facebook page, you could submit the question um, there and they'd have somebody do an individual dive and look, look at you really close and see if you'd be eligible to donate. All right, so what about folks who can't donate? Like, how can they help support Mississippi Blood Services? Absolutely. So just because you're unable to donate for whatever reason, you can still help us by spreading the word. I am just one voice, but you guys are many. Right. So share our social media posts. Um, email your friend group. Text your friend group. Say, hey, let's um, organize a blood drive. Right. Um, which, to do that, again, you just call the center or reach out to us, and we'll be happy to come help you set up a blood drive. But, again, the most important thing that you can do if you can't physically donate is spread the word to people who can mm-hmm. um, and encourage them that way because there's nothing worse than walking through um, where the where we keep the blood there in the coolers and seeing empty shelves. Right. It's heartbreaking and terrifying and I just want to call my husband and say, hey, be careful going home because the O negative shelf is empty. Right, right. And you know, um, we pulled a couple of things that are coming up. I mean, just tomorrow, as far as mobile blood drives, we've got 
Jackson, Oxford, Tylertown, Corinth, and Madison. Um, coming out uh, to Wednesday, you've got Ruleville, Prentice, Vicksburg, Greenville, Oxford. And rounding out the week, you've got Kosciuszko, Greenville, and Greenwood. So, so many different locations across the state that are going to be doing blood drives this week. If you need more information about those blood drives, you can go to msblood.com and that information will be there as well. But there's, I'm looking at a list of just tons of upcoming blood drives. Um, you mentioned that if you you know go on that website and look and see if there's not one in your area and you want to organize one, you can contact uh, Mississippi Blood Services to do that there as well. Um, before we run out of time, because we've got just a couple minutes, I want you to share a story of someone that has been impacted by blood donation. Can you do that for me? Oh, my goodness. There are so many. Um, one of our more current ones is a young man named um, Matt. Um, he was injured in a hunting accident a couple weeks ago. And just to show you how quickly life can change and how critical it is to have the blood on the shelves, Matt has used over 200 units of blood wow. already. That's and one is person. Going, going to continue to use more. And remember at the start of the show, I mentioned we need to collect 250 to 300 units a day to meet minimum need. And he's used he's 200. Used, right. So he's used about a day's supply. A whole drive's mm-hmm. worth of blood right there. Yes. And his it, need is not over. That is right. That his is right. His need is not over. Now, I know um, there's a thing about donating like for someone or a code that folks can get. What is that yes, about? Absolutely. We have a program called Donor Protection. And essentially, it's blood insurance, if you want to look at it in super simple terms. And what that means is if you or a family member are in need, you know that that person's going to need blood or there's been an accident and you know they're, they're going to need future blood, you can call the center and we're going to ask you a few questions and we're going to send up a donor, a donor code. It's going to be two letters and two numbers. And anybody can come and say, hey, I want to donate to my friend Matt, whose code is this. This. Um, and they will get credit for that unit. They're not going to receive that unit, but they get credit for that unit. They're called replacement credits. So it doesn't matter if you're the same blood type at all. Um, that patient will receive credit for that. Right. I've had a lot of folks ask that because they'll say, well, you know, I'm A positive and my friend is you know, B negative, so I can't donate for her. But you absolutely can because yes. it's not our blood actually going into whoever we're donating for. It's going into the, the system as a credit. I will tell you if you're going, if you have a code for someone, please tell your technician before they start to set the machine up that you're donating for someone. Again, it just speeds things up so that they don't have to go kind of reset the profile and do everything over for you there. That happened a couple times during the mobile thing, and they graciously did. They fixed it and got the codes um, in there, but it just it makes everything roll a little bit um, more smoothly if you let folks know that you have a a donation uh, code before you start the process. Um, and, you know, if you sign up to be a regular donor with Mississippi Blood Services, they will often call you with a specific need that you can help meet and fill for folks right here in Mississippi that are going through some of the worst times in their life. So I hope we've um, pulled on your heartstrings a little bit, and, and hopefully you'll roll up your sleeve if you're able to and get out and help us um, uh, deal with this shortage that we've got going on right now. But remember, if you can't do it right now, blood is needed every single day, all year long. I want to thank Emily Austin for coming in today and being a wealth of knowledge and information about blood donation and our amazing callers and listeners as well. I have enjoyed spending my Monday morning with you. Thank you for listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.